It's the right time for Western Oklahoma. And first of all, we have Anthony Moore with us. It's time for Crossfire this morning. Good morning, Anthony Moore again. You're Good morning. Love being here. And Cindy Munson, live this morning from Oklahoma City, the Honorable Cindy Munson. Good morning. I think she's there somewhere. Cindy Munson, are you there? Are you on mute? <laughs> well, let's let's go to Cindy Bird. Good morning, Cindy. How are you this morning? There they are. Okay, then. Now, Cindy wow. Munson, are you there? <laughs> are you? I am. I couldn't hear you guys. Okay. There she is. I'm sorry about that. Cindy Bird, are you there okay. as well? I'm here. All right. Through the magic of radio, we've got you all connected. So uh, thank you all for being on the program this morning. First of all, uh, I've asked, uh, we have normally Cindy Munson and Anthony Moore on the program every Friday with Crossfire, but I thought it would be interesting to have you on this morning. Uh, Cindy Bird is state auditor and inspector. That's an elected office, your second term, uh, and uh, you are from the southeastern part of the state, if I remember correctly. That's correct, Colgate. Colgate, Oklahoma. And how did you get started in this business? I went to work for the auditor's office right out of, of college. I've been a government auditor now for 26 years, so I've audited all levels of government from your local government counties, uh, investigative audits of other roles, and then, of course, uh, auditing the state government. Well, you know, I, job. I can't think, I, I know there have been a really a lot of great auditors and inspectors, but, but boy, you were really, uh, you're doing a great job, uh, probably the best that we've ever had. Thank you so much for saying that. You know, there's, it's, a, it's an important job. We're reporting back to the taxpayers where their money's being spent, so um, it's something that we take very seriously. Well, we're going to uh, let uh, Cindy Munson and Anthony Moore kind of kick things off uh, with questions. So uh, before we do that, though, uh, talk a little bit about, because we wanted to talk about your audit for the federal money that was brought into the state. Uh, you did just recently finish that audit. Tell it, get, would you mind setting up the stage for that and telling us about that? Certainly. So the, the federal single audit, it typically doesn't get this type of attention. It's a yearly audit. It's required by the federal government to report back how the state of Oklahoma spent their federal grant money and if we complied with the federal regulations. Uh, it's very technical in nature. It's sent to the, to the federal government, and usually it sits on a shelf. But I drew attention to it this year because uh, it's, it's time for a change. I'm concerned about the trend I'm seeing in the rising question cost. Now, typically, we report around $5 million in question costs, but this audit revealed around $30 million in question costs, which puts our state at risk of having to pay it back. Uh, the federal government can come in and request back anything we report as question costs. So uh, whenever we release the single audit, some of the major issues that we found, we questioned $12.2 million for the CARES fund. That was the COVID relief fund because the state did not obtain sufficient documentation to ensure uh, that Oklahoma had received the COVID-related goods and services that we paid for. Uh, another $1.6 million is questioned because the state failed to stop overcharges of administrative fees by a foundation administering the Emergency Rental Assistance Program. And then, of course, we had $8 million questioned in the GEAR Fund. That was the Governor's Emergency Education Relief Fund. Um, and, you know, the, the overarching issue that we're seeing here is the state is dropping the ball on compliance on meeting these federal requirements for each of these programs. So, uh, questions this morning. 
Auditor Bird, thank you very much for taking the time. And, and I echo what Harold said. You've really done a fantastic job of of being proficient and really, you know, I mean, the, your job is nonpartisan and you do a great job of that. Can you tell our listeners a little bit, you said that this is a federal audit that's one time a year. Can you explain to them the difference a little bit between this process and an investigative audit, which is, is I think, going to be ongoing now? Is that correct? That, that is correct. So this audit is just comparing how Oklahoma spent the funds back to the federal regulations and requirements on how they were supposed to be spent. And now remember, whenever these funds aren't spent the way they're supposed to, it means that these question costs reflect reflect funds intended to help people, but instead were mismanaged and didn't meet their intended purpose. So this was really just did we spend it the way we were supposed to? Now, uh, immediately following the release of this audit, uh, AG uh, Gettner Drummond did request an investigative audit of the GEAR funds. So in an investigative audit, we're going to go forward and determine who was at fault for uh, making the decisions to misuse these funds and if any funds uh, were used in any uh, criminal manner. What kind of timeline are you looking at in an investigative audit? Do you have a set amount of time that you're allowed to do or is it can it go until just the audit's done how does that work well it, there, there's no set time because for one thing you never know what you're going to get into with an investigative audit uh, a lot of it depends on how uh, how much the entity is cooperative in giving you the information how much people cooperate in giving you uh, testimony we don't have a timeline for this one specifically but remember we're still in the middle of the investigation of the Department of Tourism, where we are looking at the contract with Swadley's Barbecue. We're also we also have many other investigative audit reports, so this one is put in the queue. And, and at this time, we don't have a, a, t- a timeline for how, when it was when it was finished. Representative Munson, question. Do you think those who uh, don't like when we uh, get along are going to be mad at me? But one, I also want to echo just uh, the great job that Auditor Bird does. Um, she she works uh, diligently and is very responsive, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on or who you are. And I have appreciated that so much. Um, and then my question was going to be what Representative Moore asked. Right when he asked it, I was on mute, but you couldn't hear me yell. That's my question. <laughs> um, but um, with that, because I do think that's important, I think people, you know, the general public um, should know um, and, and just gain a better understanding, especially as these reports come out, what the difference is between a single federal audit, audit is, what's an investigative audit, how much time it takes. Um, but with what you brought up, Auditor Bird, about um, the federal dollars, obviously there's a huge influx of money that came into the state that no one could really predict what happened because we couldn't predict the pandemic that we have all lived through. Um, but I'm sure there are some recommendations. While you don't necessarily lobby or advocate for certain policies, I would assume all your years um, you know, auditing government Um, There are probably some suggestions on things that the legislature could do in the future to um, maybe prevent um, some of this overspending and administrative costs or when federal money comes in, um, just some better oversight we could have. Do you have any suggestions that um, maybe you could share here that we could take back, um, both Representative Moore and I, back to the Capitol when we get back in February? Yes, I do. And and thank you for asking that question. Uh, So whether it's this federal single audit or whether it's some of the other investigative audits I'm working on that are related 
to the expenditure of funds at the state level. We're finding a real problem with contracting, making sure that contracts are specifically, uh, well, that they specifically detail what services we're getting. We're seeing issues with consulting. We want to know exactly what we're paying for. You know, um, we, we see a lot of vague words in contracts, and it, it seems it has the appearance that the taxpayer can be taken advantage of. We need to start tightening that up. The other thing that we need, we need to make sure we have uh, qualified people performing these responsibilities. With, with these federal funds, it doesn't matter whether it was 10 years ago or 2020 or today or the future. The basic principles of administering federal grants uh, pretty much stay the same, and you've got to understand what those requirements are. The biggest breakdown in this audit was whether or not the state complied with subrecipient monitoring. What that means is whenever the state gives a chunk of money to an entity to administer on their behalf, the state still has responsibilities. And we've got to have trained, proficient individuals in those positions who understand they've got to follow up with these entities to make sure they're spending it right. Because if they don't, the taxpayers may have to pay it back. Um, now, to give some grace to the state of Oklahoma, this was a pandemic. There was a ton of money that was put into the state of Oklahoma, and they had to figure out how to get it to the people who needed it. Um, that was done very quickly. There were steps that could have been taken to safeguard those funds that, that were ignored, that we need to make sure we put uh, policies in place for next time, that you know, God forbid we have another pandemic, but if we do, this would be a very good learning experience for how we're going to manage funds and what kind of plans we're going to have in place. We're good. We're um, but again, back to your question, the contracting. The contracting has to be taken care what of. What about budget? Do you have enough budget to work with? Because recently one of the department heads at, over at uh, the, uh, oh, uh, let's see. Election. Yeah, yeah. not elections, but uh, the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the Ethics Commission. Ethics Commission yeah. just left me for a yeah. minute. She left the office and doesn't have enough money to operate with. Do you feel you have enough money to do your job? That's a question I'm asking for the legislators. I put in a request for uh, $1 million this year. I did not get uh, an increase in my budget. The amount that the state appropriates to me is just a little over $4 million. We do need more resources, uh, but all of this uh, can't be blamed just on appropriations. There is a uh, there is a big need for accountants, and they're in great demand. So it's very hard to find people to fill these positions. It's, it's a little bit of it is the workforce issue, but um, it does come back to appropriations and being able to pay people to stay and work at the state auditor's office. Now think about this: we hire CPAs. We have to have technical people performing these jobs, and if we can't afford to pay them the market salaries, they're not going to stay. So, yes, we do need a bigger staff. A hundred auditors are not enough to do the audits that we do each year. We perform around 350 audits minimum each year. I think last year we reached 374. And these audits that we're doing routinely are necessary because um, audits at the county and state level those are required to continue our bond rating, and to we have to turn those into the federal government to continue receiving federal funds. So we can't ignore our routine audits. And then in the last three years, we have had an influx of investigative audit requests like we've never before seen in this office. 
So we really do need help in this office. We're going to take a quick break. We have Cindy Bird on the program. She's state auditor and inspector for the state of Oklahoma. Also, Representative Cindy Munson, the minority leader, and uh, Representative Anthony Moore, uh, the higher ed chair and leader in the Oklahoma House. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after these messages. Seven ninety nine extra large pizzas. Nine ninety nine extra large specialty pizzas. Five ninety nine burger baskets and chicken baskets. All these amazing deals found on the ASAP Energy app. Order delicious food from select ASAP General stores and Lucille's Roadhouse in Weatherford and Clinton. Track your kickback points, get specialty coupons only offered on the app, and you can even access Philip 66 and earn up to 15 cents off every gallon of gas. All from this one app. It's the ASAP Energy app, available in the Apple and Google Play stores. Download it now. Do it! At Deer Creek Pharmacy and Hydro, their mission is to provide you, the customer, with the best care and the most cost-effective prices for your prescriptions. Deer Creek Pharmacy takes pride in being able to serve and take care of the community. For all your prescription needs, see them today at Deer Creek Pharmacy and Hydro or call them at 405-663-4111. That's 405-663-4111. Deer Creek Pharmacy of Hydro. This summer at Cummins in Weatherford, it's red, white, and boom! Nothing says freedom like huge discounts. Cummins has a large inventory of GMC vehicles in stock, like the new 2023 Sierra 1500s and Sierra heavy-duty trucks. The best quality, the lowest prices, and easy financing. So get your freedom on and make your summer grand at Cummins in Weatherford. Cummins, Cadillac, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC in Weatherford. Just off I-40 and Airport Road and online at CumminsBPG.com. GMC, we are professional grade. Hey, Eston, is your wife hot? I think my wife's hot. Greg, Greg, is your wife hot? You got that right. Hey, Todd, what about your wife? Yeah. Is she hot? Yep. I was really hot. So your air conditioner's on the fritz, too? Well, now I'm cool. Cool as a cucumber, thanks to experts at Four Seasons Heating and Air. That's Western Oklahoma's only factory-authorized carrier dealer. Oklahoma license number 92419. Pepsi Zero Sugar has taken its flavor to the next level. A Zero Sugar Cola has never tasted this good. But we don't expect you to take our word for it, so we're putting it to the test. Starting with me. Cue the fireworks. We have an official best Zero Sugar ever. It's delicious, it's refreshing, and it's so good you'll need to try it for yourself. Pepsi Zero Sugar. Zero never tasted so good. That's what I like. Pepsi is delivered locally by the Nicholson family at Pepsi of Clinton. 725, you're listening Crossfire, and with us this morning, Anthony Moore, Cindy Munson, and Cindy Bird, State Auditor and Inspector. Again, thank you for being on the program today, and uh, appreciate it very, very much. Uh, I was going to ask about, you were on Flashpoint a couple of weeks ago, which intrigued my interest, but part of what you said in the report, you talked a lot about the education portion of that, some of that money going to a private, some private schools. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. The state of Oklahoma received uh, $39.9 million for GEAR funds, and GEAR stands for the Governor's Emergency Education Relief Fund. And out of the five programs put into place, two of those programs had question costs. One was the Bridge the Gap program. The other was the Stay in School. So let me explain quickly about those programs. Uh, for Bridge the Gap, $8 million was set aside for families to purchase education supplies and curriculum uh, so that their child could learn at home during COVID. 
and the individual placed in charge of administering this program declined the system controls offered by the digital wallet vendor that limited the family's purchases to just education-related items. Well, we found that $1.7 million was spent on non-educational items like kitchen appliances, uh, entertainment, uh, power tools, TVs, and so we had to question that back to the, the federal government. The other program that had big issues was the stay in school program. Now, that was $10 million set aside to help families uh, who had, they were required to have faced an economic hardship due to COVID in order to apply. It was to help pay for their students' private school tuition so they could stay in their existing school. And um, unfortunately, over 1,000 students that received the tuition funds were from families who attested they had not suffered an economic hardship. Again, that was the criteria for being awarded this, which means that 657 students whose families did face an economic hardship did not get any tuition funds because the grant funds had been exhausted. Um, so again, and with that program too, we also found where outside individuals were uh, collecting data as far as IEPs and disabilities. And there also was favoritism shown by hosting an open house prior to the go-live date for the public where preferred individuals were allowed to apply for it. And it was a first-come, first-served grant. Wow. So the bottom line, who was administrating this program? Well, the, there were outside special interest groups who were administering the programs. They did not have any contract with the state of Oklahoma. So again, back to my concern earlier, we have got to make sure we are contracting properly to safeguard the assets of the state. Uh, there were individuals who were put in place that made these decisions without a contract, without any kind of recourse by the state of Oklahoma if these funds were mismanaged. Representative Moore, I can't see you. I can see Anthony, but if you got, I can see that you have a question right now. Well, my question I, is, what happens when you, you know, if we find out who's responsible, what's the next step? Well, that's the purpose of the investigative audit that A.G. Drummond requested, and we will get to the bottom of those questions in that audit. Is, if we find out some wrongdoing happened, is there are charges filed? I mean, that, that's my question. After that, that would be up to the attorney general, that, I guess, or uh, some sort of a like some of the other cases, I presume. Is that right, Cindy, to have some sort That's of... That's correct. We are just the reporting agency. That would be up to the Attorney General. Question, Cindy Moore. Munson. Munson. <laughs> I love when I become Cindy Moore. Hey, we're family. <laughs> That's right. We get along just fine. Anthony Munson. Anthony Munson <laughs> I like and Cindy that. Moore. I got it. <laughs> um... Our names are aren't our names next to each other on the voting board too? You're right before I, I me. Think I, they think. Are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know we've been asking a lot about work, and I hope this is okay. But what does Auditor Bird do for fun when you're not auditing government and telling us to get our act together? What do you get to do with your free time if there's any? You know, on, on the weekends, I like to spend time with my family and forget about auditing. And I, I, I fish with my husband. I like to fish with my husband, and I like to uh, hang out with my mom and my nieces and nephews and just spend time with them. Can I ask the question real quick? Uh, no. Mustafa Simi has a question. Miss Bird, my mother and grandfather were born and raised down in Stonewall, Oklahoma. 
And my mother asked me if you remember any Dick Truitts and Everett Shaw's. I'm sorry, if I remember who? Dick Truitt and Everett Shaw. They were good rodeo people out of Stonewall. World famous back in the 40s. I recognize the names. Okay. I recognize the names, but obviously I didn't know them. Well, on Flashpoint, you were very proud about where you were from, and I, I commend you for that, and I talked to my mother about that, and she just thought it would be a good question. So it's been a very good... Well, Stone, Stonewall is my neighbor. I'm about 20 minutes from yeah, there. Yeah, you're so in Colgate. I, 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 I've been yes, there before. love this area. Well, we're out of time, and it just goes so fast when you're having fun, but I want to thank Cindy Munson. Anthony Moore and Cindy Bird. Cindy, would you come back on the show again sometime in the future out here in western Oklahoma? Absolutely. I have some good audits coming out. If you want to invite me back, I'd love to talk about them. We'll do that, okay? And thank you so much for being on the program this morning. Have a great day. Thank thank you. Final words from Cindy Moore (laughs) and Anthony Munson. Everyone get out and see Mary Poppins this week in the Southwest Playhouse. There's there's my plug. Your daughter's in that. She is. All there's, right. There's an awfully cute chimney sweep. Wow. You passing up free tickets? Right, come on. I'll get you a ticket, Mr. <laughs> no, Cindy Munson. I also say get out and enjoy the weather. Do fun stuff. It feels really nice out there right now. So at high of 80s for the next two days in July. Yeah, it's amazing. Yes. Uh, Cindy Bird, any final thoughts? I want to thank you for having me on, and I just want to encourage the the taxpayers of Oklahoma to pay attention where their money is going. We've we've got to shake some things up. Very good. We appreciate that very much. You have a great day. Thank you. Tune in every weekday at 6 a.m. for The Right Time with Harold Wright. Brought to you by Priority Home Medical Equipment on 99.3 News Talk KCLI.